from Matthew 7. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name, and cast out devils in thy name, and done many miracles in my name? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work inequity. So there's going to be people in hell that prophesied in Jesus' name. There's going to be people in hell that cast out devils in Jesus' name. There are going to be people that have done miracles in Jesus' name and are in hell. Judas, for example. The name of Jesus is powerful enough to cast out devils. The name of Jesus is power, powerful enough to work miracles. But that don't mean that's going to get you into heaven. Listen well to the words that Jesus addresses to the damned. He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. It's not because Jesus is ignorant. No, he's God. He knows everything. I never knew you. That means you didn't know the Lord. These people didn't know Jesus. So important to know Jesus. If you don't know him, you're going to be damned. So how do you know Jesus? Just like you get to know somebody. You spend time with them. You know Jesus through prayer and sacraments. Open up your Bible. Know Jesus. Open up your catechism and know Jesus. Go to the tabernacle and know Jesus. Confess your sins in the confessional and know Jesus. Receive his body and blood in Holy Communion and know him. If we don't know Jesus, we're going to be damned. That's why Jesus gave us the first petition of the Our Father, Hallowed be thy name. That means that we're praying for the grace to know, love, and serve God. Know him. Got to know God. It takes effort. We chiefly know him through prayer and sacraments. Reading continues on. Jesus says, Everyone therefore that here hears these words of mine and does them shall be likened to a wise man that built his house upon the rock. The rain fell. The floods came, the winds blew, they beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. Guy knew Jesus. And everyone that hears these words of mine and does them not shall be like a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall thereof. So you've got to live in the state of sanctifying grace and seek to know Jesus through the scriptures, through the catechism, through Eucharistic adoration, pious reception of confession, and Holy Communion, your vocal prayer, your mental prayer. You've got to roll up your sleeves and get to work knowing Jesus. So at your particular judgment, you don't want to hear those words. I never knew you. Depart from me. Got ten questions from the Baltimore Catechism on the sacrament of marriage today. Now, the answers to these ten questions, they make really great meditations when you're praying that uh, 
that second luminous mystery wedding feast at cana he fit right in well with that mystery because in that mystery jesus turns water into wine and he also turns marriage into a sacrament what is the sacrament of matrimony the sacrament of matrimony is the sacrament which unites a christian man and woman in lawful marriage It says a Christian man and woman cannot be united in lawful marriage in any other way than by the sacrament of matrimony, because Christ raised marriage to the dignity of a sacrament. So you can't fly off the, fly off to Las Vegas and get married in one of those Las Vegas chapels. Can the bond of Christian marriage be dissolved by any human power? No. In spite of what the world says, and any judge may say in a divorce court, Marriage is never dissolved. It's until death do you part. What are the effects of matrimony? They are to sanctify the love of husband and wife. Sanctify their sacrificial love. To give them grace to bear with each other's weaknesses. And to enable them to bring up their children in the fear and love of God. To receive the sacrament of matrimony worthily. It is necessary to be in a state of grace. It is also necessary to comply with the laws of the church. The church alone has the right to make laws concerning the sacrament of marriage. Though the state also has the right to make laws concerning the civil effects of the marriage contract. Like, yeah, your last name changed, you got to get a new driver's license, that's going to cost you 40 bucks. Does the church forbid the marriage of Catholics with persons who have a different religion or no religion at all? Yes, the church forbids the marriage of Catholics with persons who have a different religion or no religion at all. And it says the reason is because such marriages generally lead to indifference, loss of faith, and to the neglect of the religious education of the children. Dad can't teach the kids a catechism if he doesn't believe it. It says, Many marriages prove unhappy because they are entered into hastily and without motives, without worthy motives. And finally, it says, Christians should prepare, years ahead of time, for a holy and happy marriage by receiving the sacraments of confession and Holy Eucharist, by granting God, by begging God, to grant them a pure intention and to direct their choice of a spouse and by seeking advice of their parents and the blessing of their pastors. The Latin word for the day is panem nostum quotidianum de nobis odiae. Panem, bread. Give us this day our daily bread. St. Pius X teaches us we're asking in this all we need for our spiritual substance and for our corporal substance. Give us this day our daily bread.